You can't have a wedding now with thousands of people. There is no safe way to do that. We know that. I couldn't go to church. I couldn't go to synagogue. I couldn't go to work. Those protests, I get. I also get I wanted to have a big wedding. My suggestion, have a small wedding this year. Next year, have a big wedding. Invite me. I'd come. That's the I don't want you there. Governor of New York saying don't have any weddings with thousands of people. Okay. Who's doing that? <laughs> Various socialites. Thousands? Mob wealthy. Thousands? Oh, it's a it's a Who wealth has a wedding signal. With thousands of people. It's a that may have been an exaggeration, but yeah, that's that's a real uh it's a uh, what do you call it? It's a uh, flex. Yeah. Your daughter has anybody who's anybody on the Hamptons will be there. You get married at Madison Square Garden? What's going on? (laughs) That reminds me, it came up in conversation yesterday. We, uh, the, 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 the town I live in. Um, there's a lot of like 19, 20, 21 year olds that drive $100,000 cars. It's very common. It seems odd. What to, do they do for a living? To see the coolest, newest Porsche, BMW, Mercedes, or whatever being driven by some young college kid. And uh, my son and I were talking about it. I said, the, the parents do it because they're showing off to the other parents. That's, that's, that's what it is. That's, look at what my kid drives. That's how big a deal I am. My kid drives that. Right. That's what they do it for. It's, because he couldn't understand what, the, what was going on there. I actually come from a culture where you would do the opposite for the most part. And like make it clear how grounded you're trying to make your kid would be a flex. Because I'm that flexing will make how grounded I'm trying to be. But yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's weird. Cultures are, uh, are like that. Which reminds me of, uh, it's also got something to do with a lot of foreign university students around where I live. And all of them are rich. And here's... Here's an indication of it. So I got in a conversation with a woman who's from Vietnam over the weekend. And um, this reminds me of a tweet I sent out a couple months ago when I was talking about uh, my son struggling with math or something like that. And I always tell him I don't care what your grades are as long as you try. And one of our favorite Asian Twitter followers tweeted back, you white people are so funny. Um <laughs> That all I care, I don't care what your grades are, all I care is you try. And I was thinking about that as I was talking from this woman who grew up in Vietnam and now lives in the United States. And she went to a private school. And the private schools, she said, run around $40,000 a year in Vietnam. In Vietnam. And she said it's it's common in all these countries, China, Vietnam, South Korea, to, for people to pay twenty five to $40,000 a year to get their kid into these private schools that are specifically designed to get you up to speed on things that will help you succeed in a an American university. You're on oh. the get your kid into an American university track starting at age five. You don't have to learn anything at American universities. Yeah, no, that's weird. Hasn't word gotten back to Vietnam? That's weird. Just show up. That's weird. They don't even care if you can read. <laughs> in our country, it's. I found it troubling in a, in a lot of different ways. I mean, we're going to get overtaken by these hungrier countries. Sure. Uh, particularly China. Um, so our rich people are photoshopping an athlete's head on their kid's body to get their very average student 
into a very prestigious university so they can coast through and not learn anything, but they can brag to their friends that their kids went to the cool college. Right, but exactly. it's got nothing Another to flex. do with actually learning and achieving. Right. In these other countries, their kids are, she had to, um, she had a tutor starting at age four until she was at six, until she was six, studying all the time for this test to make sure you could get into this expensive private school. So it's incredibly expensive and impossibly hard to get into. Wow. Working their asses off as children to get into these schools so that they can then go to an American university, Uh, which is really interesting. Um, And um, she in particular, she was she had to be number one in her giant school district. She was the number one student to get into this other school where it was all full of number ones from all the other school districts. And uh, and then went to a school in China, as I remember well. And she said that was a whole new level of difficult. All the things she just told me were like easy compared to the school she got into in China, where she said they're like walking computers. Wow. These kids at these schools in China, the best schools in China, she, she 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 said it was like walking around with giants. I just I was so lost, I had no idea what I was doing. It took me a couple of years where I was just depressed and thought I'm just not smart enough to be here. And her friend that also got into that school cried every day for six months and eventually dropped out. Wow. And these were the best of the best who had been going to crazy expensive schools and studying all day, every day. She said, you have no childhood. Nobody has a childhood in these countries. Right. South Korea, Vietnam, Japan. Yeah. She mentioned also China. That's why the suicide rate's so incredibly high. Exactly. She brought that up. Yeah. You have no childhood. All you do is study. And even then, when she got to China, it was a whole different level of smart that she couldn't believe that the path they're on in China. We're sending our... Uh, we only do this with athletics, really. If you're really good at athletics, we get you into super competitive, difficult. But in terms of the smart stuff, a lot of it is, as we all know, at the prestigious universities, it's just rich kids getting in. Not only, but that's a huge emphasis. I'll bet they don't care about that near as much in uh, in China. They actually want the best of the best so they can build their take-over-the-world society. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, the, she also said at one point, she said, I hear people, I hear about people bragging that somebody got a, a perfect score on their SAT and everybody makes a big deal on it. I've never known anybody who got a perfect score. I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, that's what's expected of you in Vietnam when I was growing up. Your parents would say, what happened if you didn't get a perfect score? Wow. That's what they expect you to do. Wow. Imagine that. Yeah. Well, as long as we're on the eve of the World Series, it's worth pointing out that everybody who's involved in sports or a sports fan knows it's incredibly hard to repeat as champion. Or or certainly if you do it twice, to do it a third time, which is why when it does happen, it's so incredible. It's an entirely different set of brain chemicals you carry around when you're on the way up than when you're already at the top. Yeah, Everything changes. I would never want to, I mean, I have no interest in being that hardcore with my kids, but I actually thought, you know, that whole all I care is they try is probably not the best attitude. Um, yeah, well, it depends. There are, there are many, many political systems throughout history which are indefensible on a human level that were extremely successful militarily, for instance, or economically. But the people who lived under those systems were miserable. Many, many lives and souls were sacrificed in service of, you know, the great and grand achievement. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily think that's a good way to spend your few years on this earth. What she was describing, I don't know 
people who have done that with academics, especially at that young age, maybe when you get to high school or something, but not at that young age. But I know lots of people who have done that with athletics in the United States, starting at a young age where you're identified as something great or you want them to be something great. Mm -hmm. And she said something about the academics that I've heard people say about the athletics. Same thing. And I said, are you doing that with your kid who happens to be, you know, uh, one of my son's best friends? And she said, oh, absolutely not. She said, if you're that smart, you can catch up when you get older. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're that smart, you get there. And I've heard the same people say the same thing with athletics. You don't need to, you know, be doing this from the age of four until you're 12. If you've got those skills, you'll get right in with those other kids immediately. I've said that a thousand times. Don't ruin your 14-year-old's pitching arm. He'll be fine at 16, and he can catch up at 18. And I'm sure I'll bet it is true of academics. If you're that, if you if you've got that brain, you'll you'll jump right into it and catch up anyway. Yeah, she thought so, and she's been through the process. Right, right. Um, well, and the, there are very few actual stations in life where you would need to be that uh, completely knowledgeable on so many different topics when information is at your fingertips, and you build a team of people who have an expertise in one thing and concentrate on you know one thing in particular now i'm not a computer engineer and never will be or anything like that and i realize that especially in your asian nations they're trying to achieve technological supremacy and so they're drilling and killing as they say in those educational systems um but uh, that seems a terrible way to live your life oh yeah awful we were at the park and she said there's nothing like this where i grew up the kids did not have a childhood you just study yeah wow that's something sounds awful to me it does sound awful Sounds absolutely terrible. You will be overtaken by those societies, probably. Yeah, eventually in one way or another. Or they'll achieve a certain level of success, and the kids will think, why the hell am I doing this? Mm. And they will also evolve. She did talk about the incredibly high suicide rate, specifically in Japan and South Korea. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's breathtaking. Of course, we're doing our best to equal it by keeping our kids apart from each other for almost entirely political reasons during the COVID thing, but... That is a topic we've certainly uh, hammered. That would explain why, you know, it's uh, kids from India and uh, various Asian kids or whatever that win the spelling bee all the time. That's just a different lifestyle. It sure. makes sense to them to do that. Different set of expectations. Well, you read about, uh, oh, we ought to take a break, but you read about, for instance, I read a, a great biography of uh, Charles Dickens not long ago, and, and he grew up in an era where 11-year-olds went into factories yeah. to work to support their families so you know they and their seven brothers and sisters uh, didn't starve and the rest of it but 11 year olds laboring 10 hours a day doing difficult often dangerous jobs in factories the kids didn't say why am i not in little league i mean because that's what they knew they were miserable but that's what they knew i don't know now we're down to why are we here, what is life, what is our purpose, etc. discussions. I'll let you uh, have that with your loved ones and your, your clergymen or clergywomen. They let girls be priests these days or something. I don't know. No, they don't. Uh, ministers. Okay. Don't go changing the... Uh... Well, they have Vatican III and I missed it or something? Don't what? start me about the Catholic Church. <laughs> I'm warning you. Arte, you got any comments on any of that or any experience with any of that? I thought that was interesting. Our text line, imagine the the expectation is you get a perfect on your SID. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. I got an interesting discussion. Um, uh, I'll be interested if there are any texts or emails that come in on that. Um, countries where they, they push their kids so hard versus ours. Not, not talking about the individual parenting decision, just what it means for the culture overall. Yeah, I'm sure there's some pretty good stuff on that to be found and read, but it's probably a little dryish. Yeah, I get it in places where you're starving and hungry and everything like that, why you work so hard to get out of that. But if you're already relatively affluent, like South Korea and Japan, they're closer to what like what we are. Mm-hmm. What drives the start the striving then? I think they have a much more formalistic way of hiring and and promoting. You check boxes as opposed to you have an interview with the uh, the assistant director. He says, you know, I like the cut of this gal's jib or guy or whatever. And then you meet the director. Then the CEO meets you and says, there's some real chemistry here. I like him bright and creative. And you get the gig. In South Korea, it's just, all right, you were number two at that school, number one at that school, and number two, you get the job. But, you know, it's not like I'm an expert on South Korean economic uh, society, but that's what I've heard. Uh, a couple of things that are kind of um, kind of companion pieces. Oh, where did I put that? Oh, there it is. Um, this bothered me. Dion sent this in. Uh, Dion has been participating in uh, survey companies' surveys fairly regularly. Um, and then you can go to the website, and, and there are various comments below topics. And sent this one along. And it had to do with the uh, Republican Party drop boxes in California. And and I guess, did that story get settled after we were off the air Friday? Long story short, uh, the Secretary of State and Attorney General of California threatened the Republican Party in California that the drop boxes that they put, off for pe- put up for people's ballots in churches, gun stores, and that sort of thing were illegal. And they were going to be prosecuted if they didn't take them down. Well, we talked to their the Republicans' attorney about this on Friday, and, and it is utterly clear that that's ridiculous. According to California law, an Antifa member can bang on my door at midnight, say, give me your ballot, and I can give them my, my ballot, and they can turn it in for me. But I can't put it in a box at my church? What? And sure enough, as soon as the lawyer confronted him on this, the, uh, the, 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 the two crooks in the California government backed down immediately. They claimed, oh, we got the Republican Party to make various concessions, uh, such as they will have uh, locks on the box. Okay, whatever. It was just they backed down immediately. They were humiliated. They're bested. Which brings us to the comments on this survey. The fake GOP drop boxes are extremely alarming and should be removed. Those who are involved should be arrested for election interference. Remove unofficial voting drop-off boxes. Uh, to increase confidence, the AG needs to arrest California GOP leaders for their fake collection boxes. These are people who'd heard the mainstream media description of what was going on and thought something nefarious was afoot when it wasn't at all. California is the one state that allows ballot harvesting, which is a horrific idea, but California does. And the reason I bring that up is story Jonathan Turley wrote over the weekend. Jonathan Turley, the the uh, constitutional uh, uh, scholar, uh, attorney, uh, professor at George Washington University. Uh, Chuck Todd interviewed Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer 
and the recent dis- uh, talked to the talked about the recent decision of the Michigan Supreme Court that ruled that the governor had violated the Michigan Constitution in extending her pandemic orders indefinitely. Uh, Todd did not challenge Whitmer, stating falsely that the opinion was a partisan decision. But here's where it gets really crazy. Um, Todd stated as fact that the court did not cite any Michigan law. They didn't cite any law in deciding that you didn't have this power. Well, Jonathan Turley, who had the 50-page decision in front of him, said the judges cited over 60 cases and interpretations of laws in that decision. Over 60. And Chuck Todd said they didn't cite a single law. And a hell of a lot of people are going to walk around believing it, and they are going to put comments on websites like those I read to you about the, the ballot boxes. It's it's disturbing. It when, is disturbing. When, when an outlet like Meet the Press or the Washington Post or whatever can be that far off. I, 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 yeah, I know it's troubling. Turley says uh, uh, NBC is not alone. The truth doesn't seem to matter at Meet the Press or NBC. The Washington Post also failed to correct openly false accounts of cases. If you see a case described in the mainstream media, a, a court case or a court decision, it is almost certainly misleading. Or completely false. Believe it or not, I've got a little more from Matthew McConaughey's autobiography that I think you might find interesting. Chuck Todd is a piece of crap. I just wanted to finish with that. Make that clear. Okay, that's a Matt good... McConaughey's book. <laughs> Can't wait. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Are they getting a little worried because certain areas, you know, we know we're going to have a big red wave. We're going to have a tremendous, they know it. These fakers back there, they know it. They know it. All you have to do is look at this crowd. When did we set this up? Like two days ago? We'll be in Carson City in about two days. Did the people come out like crazy? Friend of a friend was at that rally. It was enormous. Cool. Enormous. Uh, yeah, that's that, that's something. Um, well, in Carson City, Nevada is not exactly Chicago. I mean, people came from miles and miles around to be there. Yeah, I, I mean, enthusiasm it definitely matters because it has so much to do with turnout. But, you know, you could get walloped in an election and still have, this time around, 75 million people vote for you. And you get just destroyed. Good point. True that. That's a lot of people. I've been to concerts where bands that have incredibly loyal followings. I mean, the place just the roof was lifted off the place. But then I go home and say, saw an incredible show by, you know, whatever. And people say, who? So, you know. Yeah, exactly. Enthusiasm matters. It doesn't tell the whole story. Uh, Nonetheless, the enthusiasm golf is astonishingly big. I want him to win. I would not bet money on it. Would you bet money on it? Um, given certain terms, yes. Straight up, significant amount of money, uh, just a one-to-one, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's a man who knows his way around a bet. <laughs> so there's a debate on Thursday. The topics are fighting COVID-19, America's I'm in families. Favor of it. <laughs> What's the second one? America's families. What the hell does that mean? I don't know. 
race in America. Oh, boy. I'm hoping Trump is really coached up on critical race theory and can yes, lay that out. Please. Um, well, we were just talking. Was that off the air or on the air? The ABC News reporter uh, who, who said, well, Antifa says they're anti-fascist. It's right there in the name. I mean, are we going to hear talking points of the far left or are we going to really talk? National security. Oh, climate change is the next topic. Ugh, always, always. I, I don't think it's that big a deal for at least half the country. No. In the top five topics to talk about. Well, acting super concerned is a virtue signal. You tell me what you're going to do that's going to make any difference, okay? And if, if it will make a difference, I'm with you. Oh, except that most climate change activists, or a lot of them, are actually closet Marxists, as we were discussing earlier. They want to tear down the free market. How about one debate you take out climate change and put in entitlement reform, since they're all going to go broke? Right. Oh, what a great idea. Well, not great enough to uh, do. Is America's foreign policy in there somewhere? Uh, National security. Okay. And then leadership. How about foreign policy? How about, all right, let's do a checklist, guys. We're going to go through uh, five key nations around the world. You're going to tell me your opinion of uh, of the relationship and and what should be done about it. All right, let's do China. Let's do Saudi Arabia. Let's do Israel. Let's do the EU. Let's do Latin America. Compare notes. No, got to go over freaking climate change again. I saw, (laughs) right. Um... So you were mentioning earlier who who who's who's signaling in the media that Trump is going to give Biden more room to explain himself. Jason Miller, a uh, prominent Trump advisor. But why out, would so. you let that be known? How is that an advantage? Um, let your opponent know we're going to throw on first down. I wonder if it's that so many Trump supporters are saying, "For God's sake, would he let Biden talk, please?" Mm-hmm. And he's trying to reassure the uh, the Trump army. Anyway, debate on Thursday, and we'll be talking about it, I'm sure, plenty. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything. McConaughey, ho! Uh, I have uh, several things. I know everybody has but me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, he's uh, you know, listen, I respect great actors like I respect great orthodontists. I don't worship them. I just think, wow, that's somebody who's really, really good at their craft. Matthew McConaughey's terrific. Sean, you have your favorite line from a Matthew McConaughey movie? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I do. Say, man, you got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> <laughs> be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> Amen to that. From the movie Dazed and Confused, which he uh, named his, uh, his book after. Right. Uh, Interstellar? Phenomenal. That's the, yeah. Yeah. Love his performance in that. He's mind-boggling in season one of True Detective. I oh, own, I love that. He and Woody Harrelson. Oh, Agreed on that as well. I own a Carhartt jacket because that's what Matthew McConaughey wore in Interstellar. And I was like, I got to give me one of those jackets. Actually, I was wondered why you wore a Carhartt jacket. Yeah, I saw that movie. I was like, you know what? You don't eh, seem like the no, type. That's a good-looking jacket right doesn't there. doesn't seem like your brand. I always just wondered how you'd end up. Okay, now it's explained. Um, it's a great jacket, too. That thing's going to last longer oh, sure. than I will. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of Carhartt stuff. Yeah, me um, too. I don't think my Carhartt coat is uh, bulletproof, but it's everything else proof. Um, uh, I only know Matthew McConaughey from the Lincoln Continental commercials <laughs> and him being mocked on Saturday Night Live. But anyway, he's got hmm. an autobiography out of which I thought, okay, Star writes an autobiography. I don't care about this. Until I read some of the stuff that's in it. 
And he's a weird dude, well-known weird dude. He had a weird upbringing. His dad died of a heart attack during sex with mom. And even weirder than that, I mean, because that could happen. It does happen. I hope it doesn't. Um, it's rather, rather disappointing. I'm with, was it Louis C.K. or who was the comedian who said, forget that he died doing something he loved. I want to die doing something I hate. I want to die in line at the DMV and think, yeah, at least I don't have to wait in line anymore. <laughs> Just about to do the dishes. Didn't right. have to do them. Right. I got a call from mom, Matthew McConaughey says. Your dad died. My knees buckled. I couldn't believe it. He was my dad. Nobody or nothing could kill him. Except mom. He'd always told me and my brothers, boys, when I go, I'm going to be making love to your mother. And that's what happened. He had a heart attack when he climaxed. Good Lord. So he told his kids their whole lives, I'm going to die having sex with your mom. What? (laughs) That's weird. And his parents' relationship was weird. He and his wife, Kay, had an on-again, off-again relationship, marrying each other three separate times. Wow. Matthew was conceived shortly after their third wedding. Wow. Maybe they just really liked weddings. He got married after his parents got married for the third time to each other, all three times. They were at times violent, he told uh, People Magazine, and he talks about in the book. As I say in the book, that's how they communicated. They were divorced twice, married three times. I mean, yeah, it was like the Pacific Ocean in a storm. Anyway. Uh, Volatile union. Earlier this year, he attempted to hook up his widowed mother, who's 88, with Hugh Grant's widowed father, who's 91, but apparently it didn't work. Oh, just no sparks. At least they're still trying. You know, kids, when I die, you know I'm going to die? I'm going to die having sex with that lady right over there. Oh, Ew! Ew! All right, all right, all right. Dad, no. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> so I'm sure there's plenty of interesting stuff in his book. Quirkorific. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you this. The older you do get, the more rules are going to try to get you to follow. <laughs> you just got to keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. <laughs> That's some good stoner humor there. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, we've been talking about schooling in a variety of ways and uh, shutdowns and all this different sort of stuff. We got this text. I've never been a I just want you to try parent. I'm now labeled as a certain quarter of yes. degenerate parent. Soft. Uh, Practically a hippie. <laughs> But my 15-year-old freshman, who has never not been on the honor roll, is failing all his classes in distance learning. Now I just want him to try. Yeah, well. Gee, Wow, even uh, Sam Licardo of San Jose, California, liberal San Jose, is saying, look, get the kids back in school. Do it now. Just, it's... You grow up, you, you read about the Declaration of Independence, the Founding Fathers, the, the principles the country was born with. The, you study the Constitution. You read Supreme Court cases, in my case, in school, and you just you compare political systems and the rest of it, and then you grow up and you realize it just comes down to who's a better liar and who's better at scaring people. They get power. Climate change isn't in my top 200 topics, says this texter. It's regularly at the bottom whenever you see those lists. Um, Yet it always ends up in a debate because all of the media thinks it's the most important thing in the world. I will tell you this. It it has risen up from the bottom of those polls. It's now fairly significant. Where would you put it on your list? 
I wouldn't. I, I'll bet I could. I don't know if I could name two hundred things, but I could name a hell of a lot before I start concerning myself. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this: mostly because I don't know what the hell you would do about it. I guarantee we would exhaust all our time on my first quite a few priorities before <laughs> we got there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, gets warmer. Plant corn in the Yukon. There you okay? go. Huh? You've sold the whole thing. Sell your Carhartt jacket and buy some flip flops. You know, we ought to be phasing out fossil fuels. Everybody knows that. Let's keep working at that. That's fine. Let's not send hundreds of millions of people into starvation, decimating the economy, huh? I thought you were concerned about poor people. The oceans rise, move inland. <laughs> Greta, I'm so, listen to me raising my voice at a little girl. Poor kid, and she's just, yeah, that's... Uh, she's like, How dare you? She's like 17 now, well, I she, think she's, she take it. She's got Asperger's and everything, too. I mean, she's just... She's a sweet little kid who's, who thinks she's doing the right thing. But I don't want to hear from children. I don't want them voting. I don't want them screeching their opinion in my face. I certainly don't want them, uh, you know, yelling, you're a racist at black cops and insisting that their boyfriend sucker punch me in the head. One more thing on uh, schooling. Robbie Suave of uh, Reason was tweeting out about this. Abolishing grades in order to be anti-racist. Yeah, we need to go big on this tomorrow. Big story in San Diego. So Go ahead, hit it. This is a thing? Oh, absolutely, yeah. San Diego is changing the uh, city school grading system. You can now turn in stuff whenever you want. Yeah, deadlines are, for, are a white person it, thing, Jack. It, it will not affect their academic grade. It will so late projects will be reflected on your citizenship grade, not your academic grade. So you know that's interesting. So my uh, my son's in a, a private school now because I want him to be in a classroom, and uh, the teacher said that all the students coming from public schools have so much trouble adjusting to the fact that when we have homework. We expect you to actually get it done and turn it in. Mm. And it always takes them a long time to get used to that. Yeah. And I, I didn't even realize that that my son was in the habit of it, and we were in the habit of it. It was always just kind of a suggestion. <laughs> and now they like, the, you know, here's your math assignment for tomorrow. You're supposed to, if you don't have it in for the next day, you lose points, which is the way it was when I was a kid, too. But isn't that something? All the kids that come from public school have to adjust to the cultural change of you're expected to actually get your homework done. That's not good. That's not good. Oh, absolutely not. School is training for life. It is not for its own sake. Um, But things like uh, no longer will like a year-long average determine your grade because they think that punishes slow starters. That's interesting to me. That's intriguing. I don't hate that idea. If If it takes you a while but you finally master the subject... The fact that the first test, you are still completely befuddled by it, that's an interesting uh, thing. I'm willing to discuss that. But things like turning in work on time and classroom behavior will not count toward your grade anymore. Oh, boy. Well, there's uh, there's a vote for... Uh, Get your kids out of public schools. That's rough. Get them out. That's rough. So classroom behavior does not count. Not only can they not do anything about it, they can't even give you a bad grade because of it. Well, you can right. get a bad citizenship grade. It's uh, which they are separating from their academic grade. I don't know. San Diego uh, Unified School District Veep Richard Barrara says, 
This is part of our honest reckoning as a school district. If we're actually going to be an anti-racist school district, we have to confront practices like this that have gone on for years and years. In other words, they will identify things that uh, affect the uh, the grades of any non-white students, and they will eliminate those as a factor, including for the white students. So procrastinators like ourselves would be off the hook. Yeah, which wouldn't help me either. No, that would have um, been the worst thing school could have done for me. Would it, Oh, my God. I'd sue them <laughs> if they had done that. A little more on that and other things on the way. The Armstrong and Getty Show. My son is dressing up as a character from Zelda, which is a video game, I guess. I don't even... They a played... legendary video game franchise. One of the, the bigger ones. Yeah. I'm aware of it, so that's a big one. Yeah, it must be. And uh, my kids just started playing it in the last couple of months, and they're just obsessed with it. I'm assuming they're playing Breath of the Wild on yeah. Switch. Yeah. Gr- uh, one of the greatest games I've ever played. Oh, it's man. phenomenal. I wake up in the morning, I got the Breath of the Wild. <laughs> And he's uh, one of the characters. Uh, he is Link. He is the, uh, the the male protagonist of okay. the Zelda being the princess who gets rescued. Uh, are, are, they, uh, are they together? Uh, probably not in the traditional sense. Okay. It's a child's game. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, Robin Williams named his daughter Zelda after this oh, franchise. Oh, really? Yeah, it's yeah. been around that long? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, pl- I played this. I played the on the original 8-bit Nintendo. There was no a Zelda kidding. game. Okay, yeah, see, yeah. I, had, I had no idea of this whatsoever. And both my kids are so into it. Yeah, it's... it's, it's it, Maybe not as big, but equivalent to kind of uh, the Mario Brothers in terms of tentpole franchises for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. it's interesting, and it, it looks it looks uh, mentally stimulating. It is it is a great in game. a way that a lot of games I played were not. Yeah, it it, it, it encourages creativity, and it's uh, it's very open sandbox. You can do things in any order that you want them to do. Um, yeah, it's it's great in all the ways that games should be and can hmm. be great. Don't be danged. Um, and that's what he's going to dress as for Halloween. I you, guess you sh- people. Uh, you showed me the picture. It's yeah. that's a good costume. Yeah, it is. It's the best Halloween costume either one of them has ever had. Can I, can I have the sword when he's, he's got? Done a, with it? He's got a sword. He's very excited about the sword. It's got a sheath that goes in and everything. <laughs> what more do you want? I can't believe. And now, oh, final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Engage. <laughs> Not even a good Patrick store. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. He presses buttons in the control room, keeps us on the air. Michelangelo, final thought. Yeah, for Halloween this year, I think I'm going to give out Werther's Originals leftover from last year. And then uh, maybe some cream spinach or some cranberry sauce. You know, the stuff that's in the can. Mm. So that it's a jelly type. Oh, that's good. It's a good treat. Positive Sean, a final thought? Yes, the uh, the Good Lord Bird episode three came out yesterday. Uh, I watched it. It's still my favorite show going right now. Uh, really, uh, I love learning about stuff while simultaneously being entertained. It's great. Jack, a final thought to share with the folks. I was at the pumpkin patch yesterday uh, with the kids, and um, uh, the place was packed. Absolutely packed. And I, you used to do lots of these sorts of things pre-COVID, but now you, I really recognize what an important part of, I don't know, your overall mental health and society, the, the role these things play. They used to be just, you know, something to do on a Saturday, but they're, they're a huge part of life. Mm. And uh, not having them has been killing us all. Right. My final thought is uh, I played golf at 6,000 feet of elevation this past weekend. It was 76 degrees, and we're closer to November 1st than October 1st. 
It is disconcertingly warm. I will give you that. No doubt. Uh, and, uh, and and weather patterns are different. On the other hand, if I have to clean out the wool sweaters in my closet and buy a bunch of tank tops, fine. You don't strike me as a tank top no, guy. I'll move start, to Key West. You're going to start. <laughs> I don't care. You're going to start wearing tank tops. Hell yeah! Get some Pas- gold chains. Pastel tank tops. Of course, I'll get gold chains. <laughs> what kind of question is that? Can you hit the ball further at six thousand feet? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. I've I, never played at a high elevation. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. And often, uh, sometimes you think you've hit a great shot. And- there it is, flying over the green. <laughs> Did the alcohol affect any differently? There was no alcohol. Are you still a non-drinker? No, that's not correct. I just oh. not while I was playing. Gotcha. Uh, not till I got home. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have links to all sorts of good articles and videos we've been talking about. You can drop us an email. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Is this week going to seem three weeks long like they all do? or It already seems like a week and a half. <laughs> yes. Yes is the answer. I think time got bent or something. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. And we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Uh, so, let's okay, go Trump right. now, everybody's learning how. Come um, on with the MAGA with me. <laughs> MAGA, 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 MAGA me. Armstrong and Getty.